everyone. Welcome to Badass Women in History. This is Karis. It's Kaylee. And this is a podcast about intersectional feminism. And current events. And badass women. And we also end up talking about our lives. Our lives. (laughs) All right. Yes. Welcome back. We're happy you're here. Um, Yeah. It's been a crazy past few weeks and so we're happy that you are listening to us because a lot of bad things have happened since our last episode aired and so the fact that you're uh, taking time out of your day to listen to listen us. to us is really really great we appreciate it um, thank you for letting us into your lives like this and Hopefully this podcast is a little bit of a little bit of escape escape from some bad things going on. I know making this podcast definitely is because my week has been garbage. And so doing this at the end of the week and hanging with my pal Karis and eating some homemade pumpkin bread is a really good way to wrap up the week and kind of get ready for the weekend and also hopefully a better week next time. time. Ready? <laughs> I'm ready to try again. Oh my god. Uh, all right, so before we start, I just want to talk about our sponsor, which is Andy Hansen, and she's an esthetician local to Duluth, Minnesota, and she provides vegan, non-toxic, cruelty-free, all-natural beauty services like eyelash extensions. Uh, Andy takes clients by appointment only and can be reached at 218-461-7792. Again, 218-461-7792. In addition to her services, she also has her own small business called Mindful Practice. With Mindful Practice, Andy researches new green beauty products, helps other companies build their internet presence, and does collaborations and trades to reach her goal of bringing awareness to the beauty world. Through Mindful Practice, Andy partners and collaborates with another green beauty specialist and esthetician named Andrea. Andrea owns the Organic Escape Skin Studio in Carlsbad, California. Together, these women have come up with an online green beauty store and blog where they're constantly researching and trying new brands to have the best possible ingredient on their cyber shelves. Shop their online store and read more about the best ways to practice green beauty at theorganicescape.com. We're really stoked to promote all of these amazing women, uh, amazing women-run small businesses because self-care is something that is really crucial for your self-preservation. And so if methods of self-care are along the lines of beauty treatments and products, treat yourself. If you book a service with Andy, mention this podcast, Bad- Badass Women in History, and you'll receive 10% off your first service with her. In addition, use the promo code MINDFUL to receive 10% off your order from theorganicescape.com. Find more on these businesses and badass women by following their social media accounts uh, at mindfulpractice underscore and organic escape skin studio, both on Instagram. Uh, So I got eyelash extensions from Andy. We're still going strong two weeks later. I am getting a fill next week and I'm super excited. I did too and they rocked. They rocked. And then we also got to try out some uh, skin products from uh, theorganicescape.com and um, yeah, still going strong. My skin's still really into me, so. Yeah, Karis and I, like, don't wear foundation anymore. (laughs) It's fine. Our skin's great. As much as I love that Fenty foundation, yeah, (laughs) I don't wear foundation anymore. God bless. Yeah. Amazing. Great. So we'll do current events after this, but I'm going to play us out for just a second and take a breather. It's current events. Current events. Should we? Yeah, we should start out with mine. Yeah. So I compiled a couple of things that were good things that happened uh, this past two weeks in the world, which um, were like some really rough fucking weeks, man. Yeah. So <laughs> compiling some good things was great. Tasks. Yeah. But we got two, um, and I'm sure there are more. But in the 
realm of internet shit going on. <laughs> These were two good ones. So on Wednesday, the Boy Scouts of America announced that it's going to allow girls to join the organization as Cub Scouts and earn the rank of Eagle Scouts, which is a significant policy change uh, from their 100 previous years of not letting you do that. Um, the, value, the values of scouting, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, brave, and reverent, or, for example, are important for both men, young men and women, said Chief Scout Executive Michael Serba in a statement. <laughs> we strive to bring what our organization does best, developing character and leadership for young people to as many families and youth as possible, and we, as we help shape the next generation of leaders. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um there's always been Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. I think a lot of people are concerned this is going to mean that Girl Scouts aren't going to want girls aren't going to want to do the Girl Scouts anymore, which I don't think is going to be the case. Um, but it just uh, is a lot more inclusivity um, for your Snapchatting. <laughs> yes. Damn it! <laughs> um, it's just a lot more inclusivity, um, and also reminds me of the episode of Parks and Rec with the Pawnee goddesses. And the guys <laughs> wanting to join the potty goddesses. Oh, I love that show. I just finished rewatching that again. I love that show so much. Okay. Me too. And then my other great cool thing that happened in the world was yes, was it yesterday? No, it was Wednesday. Was that two days ago. ago? Two days ago. Was that awesome? Wednesday. Wednesday was such a good day. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Um was National Girls Day. Um Day of the Girl. What? Day of the Girl. National Same thing? It's yeah, it's the same thing. I had something pulled up about it and it went away. So, yeah, National Girls Day, Day of the Girl, National Day of the Girl Child, um, uh, and that was declared in 2011 uh, as International Day of the Girl. Uh, its mission is to help... I wish this page would load. Its mission is to help galvanize... Worldwide enthusiasm for goals to reach better girls' lives and providing an opportunity to, for them to show leadership and reach their full potential. It's a day when activist groups come together under the same goal to highlight, discuss, and take action to advance rights and opportunities for girl every, girls everywhere. So, yeah. And I think last year's Day of the Girl was when they put the girl in front of the bowl, right? I think, I, I think so. Yeah. In addition to that, um, it was also National Coming Out Day on that same day. And both uh, International Day of the Girl and National Coming Out Day, they, like, talk about how they're, like, cool sharing it with each other. Oh, yeah, National Coming Out Day. Yeah. Um, just a reminder, not everybody has a really good coming out story. And when we get to a, a good world, we won't need a National Coming Out Day. That's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. But, yeah, there, that happened. And congrats yeah. to everyone on their bravery. It's... And we're here to support you, and a lot of other people are too. So, mm -hmm. yes. Alrighty. And then, what have you brought to the table, Kaylee? <laughs> um, well, first off, I have an update, which is it is a current event, and it is an update. So, if you listen to our first episode... Which I hope you have. I hope you have. Um, where I talked about Marsha P. Johnson, who was a transgender activist. Um, she was wonderful. Um, there's a reason why I chose her as my first badass woman. But, so, October 6th, her the new documentary about her came out. Uh, the... Um, the documentary is on Netflix, and, um... It's the Life and Times of Marsha P. Johnson, right? Um... Or is that a different It's one? the Death and Life the of death and Marsha life. P. Johnson, yes. Close. The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson. It's on Netflix. Um, and when I, we recorded that episode in, like, July, August, I talked yeah. about how excited I was for this, uh, documentary because they were actually, um using trans actors and um which what a thought <laughs> what a thought um they seem to be doing everything right um in comparison to previous movies that have been made about Marsha P. Johnson but unfortunately once the movie came out 
this uh, uh, other filmmaker uh, named Raina Gassett, who's a trans person of color, was like, oh, you stole my work. No. And I didn't get any credit. And so other trans activists are, like, uh, supporting her as um, she kind of, like, speaks up and tries to get more momentum behind this. So the person who directed the movie, David France, his archivist, Mm -hmm. even, like, validated that they, like, didn't do the proper, like, Crediting. Well, that makes me mad. I know. It's uh, a real bummer. I talked this documentary up so much, and now I'm finding out this bullshit, and I'm really bummed out because, like, so many white people steal, like, shit from people of color, people of color and their creative, their works and stuff, and so, like, this is just another instance of... Mm. By people profiting off of a black person's work. Yeah. Alright. Anyway. Anyway. Another thing <laughs> for my current event is ooh, <laughs> a lot. Um, I was trying to do something a little more uplifting this week, but you know, it's just tough when I feel like I gotta say something about this because it's been bothering me since I found out about it so just like a um content yeah, I was gonna say warning content trigger warning um i'm just going to be talking about workplace harassment and sexual assault in terms of the harvey harvey weinstein bullshit so feel free to use that 15 second skip button or just like really scrub through the next couple of minutes i will not be upset offended i understand um yeah so in summary if you haven't paid attention to social media in particular twitter lately um a lot of actresses in hollywood are coming forward with accusations against harvey weinstein if you don't know him he has produced a bunch of movies like (coughs) bless you i'm sorry bless you a bunch of movies (laughs) (laughs) a bunch of movies like pulp fiction which is my favorite movie, so Oh, wait, really? Yes. Oh. But apparently the fact that he is a predatory man in power with a huge influence on people's careers in Hollywood, many people have actually known about his patterns of sexual assault and predatory behavior. Um, actresses like Angelina Jolie and Gwyneth Paltrow have come forward with accusations against Harvey Weinstein, other people in Hollywood have come forward with stories about being assaulted by several other big names in Hollywood now, such as, like, Michael Bay. Mm. But, like, it's not even that they're all coming forward at once. It's, like, now that there's kind of momentum behind, like, digging up shit on bad people in this industry. Like, Mm. all previous like accounts from like the past few years are just like coming forward Mm -hmm. like um Megan Fox's interviews talking about how like Michael Bay was like gross to her starting when she was like 15 years old oh my god coming forward uh that uh 2011 like comic-con panel of Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones talking about how he likes to he likes his job because he gets to rape beautiful women like during the panel Jesus Christ. yeah just what? like so many things are surfacing because it's kind of like all at once this is like snowball to people finally feeling like they can speak out about yeah all this predatory behavior in hollywood because when you work in an industry and you know people in an industry like People find out who the predatory people are, but because they're in power, they are they are yeah. to do something. And I understand that. Um, even actor Terry Crews tweeted a thread about oh, being assaulted at a dinner by a Hollywood big shot. And so, like, people are like, if a fucking huge man can't, it yeah. feels uncomfortable about coming out about something, like, why do you expect women, women to? to? Yeah, like. Because he didn't think he would be believed. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Terry Crews is huge. 
bitch, and he, like, was scared to, like, punch this Hollywood big shot person, like... Because he didn't want to... didn't want people to think of him as, like, this bad, like, crazy guy. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just so sad, like, um, all this really shows how when bad men are in positions of power, they do whatever they want, because they know that the power they have over people's bodies and careers will, like, keep them from getting called out and um and i think he's getting he said he was like getting treatment for sex addiction which is like who um harvey Harvey weinstein which like that's not that's not what that is no it's not sex addiction it's power addiction yeah he's just a bad person he talked about in like a press release or something he talked about how he's like i came of age in the 60s and 70s when like this behavior was more acceptable that's not no that's not an excuse they talked about how he would like you know who else came of age in the 60s and 70s millions of other people who don't fucking sexually assault women like force women to watch them masturbate into potted plants oh my god it's so bad um so fuck harvey weinstein um they're how like Samantha B's pissed, and she's like, y'all need to stop whipping your dick out at work. <laughs> I am a high-power, like, Hollywood career woman, and I have never used my power dynamic to be sexually predatory. Like, she was like, workplace harassment's everywhere. And she, like, talked about how she, like, tried to research somewhere, like, some industry somewhere in the world that didn't have predatory men in it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I even fucking found sexual assaults in Antarctica. Are you kidding? I know. It's too cold to take her clothes off there. I know. She's it's too to, fucking cold. I know. I know. Um, I've never been... Uh, I, I feel like workplace harassment has not talked out about enough because you, fe- you fear for your career, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I identify with, like, the feeling of, like... I don't know what to do, because, um, like, in high school, I was, like, sexually harassed and, like, groped by someone who I was, like, supposed to be friends with, like, all throughout high school, mm-hmm. and everybody knew, all of my friends knew, my boyfriend at the time knew, we all knew, and, like, we were just, like, young, and we all knew, everybody in the whole school knew what was happening, mm-hmm. and everybody just was, like, ugh. I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. but, like, now that more people have kind of opened up a little bit about it, like, I feel better talking more openly about it, yeah. so, but just, like, I understand how, like, workplace harassment works now when just, like, one person comes forward, then everybody does, because it's, like, it's not like you're the only person that this has ever happened to, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm also really inspired by, sorry, I need to talk I'm also really inspired by people actually speaking out and all the bravery and all sorts of career industries. People know who the predatory, powerful figures are, and they usually do nothing besides warn others. If there's, like, a new employee, you, like, tell them. You're like, hey, avoid this person. Yeah. But, like, also don't, like, do anything about it because they can, like, ruin your career. Mm-hmm. It's hard, and I understand that, especially when you fear for your career and your way of making money, you know? Yeah. So, in terms of the Harvey Weinstein thing, one of my people on the forefront of um, all of it is Rose McGowan, who is going to be my badass woman of the week this episode. So, I'm going to give a history of Rose McGowan and all of her accomplishments before I really get into Um, the current events that she has been leading, but I'm just going to play us out for a little bit so we can kind of process all this and just, like, take a deep breath. If you didn't know that this was going on, just, like, take this time to maybe hit pause, do your own research for a little bit. Otherwise, like, I don't know, have a bowl of ice cream or something and take a deep breath and come back to us. So I'm going to play us out and we can talk some more later.
Okay. Everyone. Okay. Did you want me to just keep talking about yeah, this? Yeah, you should just. Let's, yeah, let's keep on the theme and then mine's. And then we'll go to yours? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, Rose McGowan. If you don't know her, um, she's not like, I don't want to say like she's like not Hollywood A list or not like super, super well known. Mm-hmm. But this. These current events with her have kind of, like, made her kind of rise back to, like, the forefront of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, She's, like, an actor that if you probably Googled her right now, you would immediately recognize her, you know? Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, If you ever watched the show Charmed, she played the sister Paige in that. Did you ever watch Charmed, Paris? I, I'm really bad with, like, actors and actresses. Oh, I, really? I don't watch a lot of movies, and I really don't watch a lot of television, so I know, I, I, I How are we friends? I don't know. Because the stuff I do watch, we both have in common. <laughs> the, the, the few things. Yeah, I, I watched Charmed when I was a kid. I loved Charmed. It had, like, Alyssa Milano in it. Mmm. Do you even know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> like, the three witches, their sisters. Was it a cartoon? No! It had, like, Alyssa Milano, Shannon Doherty, Holly Marie Combs, Rose are, McGowan. This is gibberish to me. Anyway. Like, we're witches. Like, I watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> it's not that. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> it was kind of like a... Early 2000s Supernatural, basically. Oh. Um, anyway. <laughs> she also played, um, um, she was in the movie Scream, the original one. She played, um, main characters, like best friend Tatum, I'm pretty sure her name was. Yeah, Tatum mm-hmm. in the, um, in Scream. So, I mean... You'll recognize her if you give her a Google if you don't mm-hmm. um, recognize the name. Um, but she talks about how, so her early life, so she was born in 1973 in Tuscany. Ooh. Yeah, and but her parents are American. She was just born in Italy. Um, Does that make her Italian? She has French and Irish ancestry, even though I think then technically she would be an Italian, like a citizen of Italy. Anyway. Um, so, they lived on, on communes. Her dad ran this chapter of this thing called um, Children of God. Oh. Um, it has been known as like the family of love, the family, the family international, teens for Christ. Um, basically, a cult mm-hmm. um, preaching like the apocalypse and distrusting like things outside of the commune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she grew up. In a commune uh, that until um, 1978, so she was five. Um, she talks about how she like spent her early childhood in the communes and then like traveled Europe with her parents. Um, yeah, she said that there was, like, some, like, sexual abuse things happening there. She didn't experience them, but then eventually they got out of the cult and then moved back to the U.S. They moved to Oregon. Um, she ran away from home a lot and lived with uh, drag queens and other runaways a lot. Parents got divorced. Her dad moved to Seattle. She moved to Seattle, too, but then when she was 15, she got emancipated and moved to Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's 15. Um, she started playing small roles in films. Um, 
She received a Best Nomination for Best Debut Performance in the 1996 Independent Spirit Awards um, for the dark comedy The Doom Generation that came out in 95. Um, her, she got the most like widespread recognition when she was cast as Tatum Riley in the horror movie Scream. Have you seen that? I hope you've seen Scream. I don't do movies. I, <laughs> I Movies don't hold my attention. I can't watch Even them. Even scary ones? Yeah, no, I don't, well, I don't really like scary ones because they're not really bad or too scary. I love scary. <laughs> I love scary. Um, and I mean, Scream, like, made so much money. So she got very uh, highly recognized from that. Um, and then she just was in, like, independent films. Um... <laughs> Uh, she kind of became wide known for her um, like style, mm-hmm. um, especially in the '90s. Like '90s fashion is like wild, anyway. Oh, I love '90s, fashion. <laughs> and um, she like just gained a lot of yeah, a lot of recognition for her fashion. She ended up dating Marilyn Manson for a couple years. They were engaged. Oh, so, wow. Like, she obviously gained recognition from that, you know? Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, 2001, she was cast as Paige Matthews and Charmed because um, Shannon Doherty left, so then she was um, the third sister in there. Um, so she did that from 2001 to 2006, and then she... Did a bunch of other roles, like playing Anne-Margaret and Elvis, which ended up winning a Golden Globe. It was a mini-series about Elvis. Mm-hmm. Um, she also just was in, like, other movies and TV shows and stuff um, all throughout the 2000s. She was in uh, Conan the Barbarian, um, Law & Order, SVU, um, Once Upon a Time, all sorts of stuff. She, um, <laughs> she does some music, um, does some music. She is very, like, wide-spoken about bad shit that happens in the industry. Like, she always has been, mm-hmm. um... She just, like, she calls out bullshit in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does it on social media, on Twitter. Um, she calls out, like, sexism and misogyny a lot. Um, some, like, controversy... Has been like homophobic and transphobic remarks, but when I'm looking into them, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, she has said things about like she's criticized Caitlyn Jenner, who is a very criticizable person <laughs> because Caitlyn Jenner sucks, um, but not because. She's, she's trans. trans because they she's are, not a good person. <laughs> right. Um, her her controversial statements have ranged from saying that gay men are misogynistic, which obviously not stereotyping all gay men, but misogyny is a real problem mm-hmm. in the gay community, uh, cis gay men. Um... And she has criticized Caitlyn Jenner because Caitlyn Jenner has said, the hardest part about being a woman is figuring out what to wear. After she was named Woman of the Year by Glamour Magazine. Like, fuck that. Yeah, maybe that's the hardest thing when you're a white woman with millions and millions of dollars. Fuck you, Caitlyn Jenner. And she flat out said she's just like... 
Let me take this moment to point out that I am not, nor will I ever be, transphobic. The idea is laughable. Disliking someone a trans person has said is no different than disliking something a man has said or a woman has said. Being trans does not make one immune from criticism. True. Which is true. Um, she's, like, grown up with, like, gay and trans people, like, after she ran away. So, she, like... Yeah. She's like, why would I... Yeah. I don't understand. But sometimes people take things at face value, and they're just like, oh, you criticized a gay person? You must hate gay people. And it's like, no. No. They're just awful. (laughs) That one person. That that one person. That hypothetical person I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah. It's people that are terrible. It's like how we talked about how like we can still criticize women because you can still hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so leading up to the recent activities and actually why I'm doing the Twitter boycott today is um, because um, uh, yesterday Rose McGowan alleged that Harvey Weinstein had raped her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Amazon Studios had dropped her project once she complained about Weinstein's behavior. Um, and she kind of went on a, t- not like a tirade, but like showing all the receipts, like screenshots of emails. Yeah. And like, she's like, this happened to me and it's happened to so many other people. Like, fuck everything. Um, she called out Ben Affleck, who she was in a movie with. Um, Ben Affleck tweeted about how he had no idea that Harvey Weinstein had done that. Mm-hmm. And, and Rose was like, fuck off. Yeah. You fucking knew. Yeah. Um, which, the predatory behavior with the Affleck brothers is a whole other story. Oh, that's a whole story. I didn't know there was a problem with Ben, but... Now things are coming up with Ben, which is oh, just like <laughs> men rock. Um, and so what happened was what happened with the boycott. What's currently happening is that Rose McGowan's Twitter account got suspended, and which. And Twitter said it was because they violated her. She violated her. Yeah, she violated her, their, like, terms of service because she tweeted a private phone number. And it's, like, isn't nuclear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our, uh, Donald Trump has tweeted personal phone numbers before. Donald Trump and, like, has threatened nuclear war on, on Twitter like, before. at Jack, why aren't you banning Donald Trump's Twitter account? Why aren't you banning Nazis' Twitter accounts? But here you are banning Rose McGowan's Twitter account. And so, that's just bullshit, and that's why a lot of people are doing the hashtag women boycott Twitter today, um, or um, men are doing it to... Just to, in solidarity, you know. So I like even deleted the Twitter app on my phone and the Twitter bookmark on my browser, so I could not be tempted. Because people are, are hoping the goal is that like Twitter loses so much activity today that hopefully they'll do something mm-hmm. about how shitty they are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what's happening with Rose McGowan now. Um, I've read some of her tweets, but I'm not. But I'm not on Twitter. Twitter today. Um, yeah, I. Rose McGowan has always been a really outspoken person. She's always been somebody who just like you're not thinking about her for a little bit, but then she like comes out and just like calls something like it is, and so I. Um, I really am happy to talk about her this week. Um, yeah, and I encourage you to look at more about her. And I encourage you to fucking watch Charmed, Karis. Oh, think about it. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, yeah, I encourage everybody to look more into this Harvey Weinstein thing. And 
if you are experiencing an instance of workplace harassment or you have or any harassment at school, you're not alone and chances are it's happened to other people. So, yeah. Go, there are people and resources that will support you. And if you're listening right now, thank you. We yeah. love you. We love you and bad things happen and we're glad that you still like to listen to us. Alright. That was me. Well, okay. So we both know who each other's are this week, so it's not super surprising, but mine is... This is like the only time that will ever happen, but we just kind of had to run some shit by each other. And yeah. just like schedule our format for this episode. <laughs> So yeah. So yeah. And then so mine is Malala, who I love so much. And I think she's a little bit more of a positive note to end on. Yes. So, um, and I looked up specifically how to say her last name because I wanted to make sure. Yeah, it's Yusefi, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love her so much. So Malala was born July 12th, 1997. She's literally like two months younger than me. I'm doing nothing with my life. Um, Malala was born on July 12, 1997 in Minwara, Pakistan, located on the country's Swat Valley. As a child, this area was a popular tourist destination and spot for festivals, but once the Taliban started to take over, that went away. She attended the school that her father had founded, um, but after the Taliban began attacking girls' schools in, in the Swat, Malala gave a speech in Peshawar, Pakistan in September 2008. The title of her talk was How Dare the Taliban Take Away My Right Right to Education. She also began to blog for the BBC under the pseudonym Gul Makai about living under the Taliban and their banning of her right to education. Uh, And then she was actually revealed that December to be the girl behind the blog, but she continued to speak out. Uh, And she was only 11 years old when she was writing the blog for the BBC. Yeah, I know. What? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, and she totally understood, like, what she was doing. She understood that it was, like, a dangerous thing to be doing. Yeah. Um, after the Taliban began attacking the school, um, no. With a growing platform, uh, she continued to speak out about her right and the right of all women to an education. Her activism resulted in a nomination for the International Children's Peace Prize in 2011. That same year, she was awarded Pakistan's National Youth Peace Prize. Uh, Malala and her family learned that the Taliban had issued a death threat against her because of her activism. But Malala was frightened for, her, for the safety of her father because he was also an anti-Taliban activist. She and her family thought that the group wouldn't actually harm a child, so they weren't super worried about her. Because again, she was like 11. Or uh, she was older by that point, but you know. Um, so on October 9th, 2012, uh, at 15 years old, she was riding a bus with friends on their way home from school, and a masked gunman boarded the bus and demanded to know which girl Malala was. And everybody looked at her. So I don't know if they were going to point her out, but everybody looked at her. So that gave her away. And the gunman fired at her, hitting her in the left side of her head. The bullet traveled down her neck, and two other girls were also injured in the attack. Uh, The shooting left her in a critical condition, so she was flown to a military hospital in Peshawar. Uh, A portion of her skull was removed to treat the swelling brain. To receive further care, she was actually transferred to Birmingham, England. When she was in the United Kingdom, she was taken out of a medically induced coma, and she uh, required multiple surgeries, including repair of a facial nerve to fix the paralyzed side of her face. Uh, And she actually suffered no brain damage. Uh, She was also shot in the head and survived, which is insane in march 2013 she actually attended started attending school in birmingham the shooting resulted in a massive outpouring of uh, support for her which continued during her recovery she gave a speech at the united nations on her 16th birthday in 2013 she's also written her autobiography i am malala which rocks the girl who stood up for education and was shot by the taliban which was released in october 2013 and she's actually still uh, considered a target by them well Despite the Taliban's threats, she remains a staunch advocate for the power of education. On October 10th, 2013, in acknowledgement of her work, uh, the European Parliament awarded her this, and I can't really pronounce this, this Sakharov Prize for Freedom. 
S-A-K-H-A-R-O-V, uh, the Prize for Freedom freedom of Thought. That same year, she was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, and she didn't win the prize, but she was uh, again nominated in March 2014. And I remember specifically, actually, when she didn't, when she was nominated, um, both times, because everybody was really worried that she might have been killed before they um, came out with the winner, because you can't win the Nobel Peace Prize if you are passed. Oh. Yeah. Um, in October 2014 uh, she was when she actually received the Nobel Peace Prize, um, along with Indian child rights activist Kalesh Satya, Satyarthi. God damn it, I should have looked this shit up. At age 17, she became the youngest person to receive the National Peace Prize. In congratulating her, uh, the Pakistani Prime Minister said she is the pride of Pakistan. She has made her countrymen proud. Her achievement is unparalleled and unequaled. Girls and boys of the world should take lead from her struggle and commitment. UN Secretary General uh, described her as a brave and gentle advocate of peace, who through the simple act of going to school became a global teacher. For her 18th birthday, uh, July 12th, 2015, which is also called Mawala Day, the young activist continued to take on education on global, continued to take action on global education by opening a school for Syrian refugee girls in Lebanon. Its expenses covered by the Malala Fund. Uh, the school was designed to admit nearly 200 girls from the ages of 14 to 18. Today, on the first, on my first day as an adult, on behalf of the world's children, I demand of leaders we must invest in books instead of bullets, she proclaimed. In April 2017, the United Nations Secretary General appointed uh, her as a UN Messenger of Peace to promote girls' education. The appointment is the highest honor given to you by the United Nations for an initial period of two years. Uh, she was also given honorary Canadian citizenship in April, and she's actually the sixth and youngest person in the country's history to receive that honor. Uh, and then in 2017, she tweeted that she was accepted to Oxford, where she will study philosophy, politics, and economics. And her first day of school, which was so soon... Um, just a couple weeks ago. 9, October 9th. Yeah. Which, oh, she said, she tweeted, five years ago, I was shot in an attempt to stop me from speaking out for girls' education. Today, I attend my first lectures at Oxford. Which makes me so happy and so proud. Amazing. Mm. And I have some quotes from her that I want to read, too, because she's just so eloquent. Yes, read them. Where do they come back? And I also got um, most of my information from her biography.com biography. All right, so a couple quotes from Malala. Um, if I win the Nobel Peace Prize, it would be a great opportunity for me. If I don't get it, it's not important because my goal is to get no is not to get Nobel Peace Prize. My goal is to get peace, and my goal is to see the education of every child. Dear friends, on the 9th of October 2012, the Taliban shot me on the left side of my forehead. They shot my friends too. They thought the bullets would silence us, but they failed. I want my people I want people to remember that Pakistan is my country. Even if its people hate me, I will still love it. I'm only talking about education, women's rights, and peace. I want poverty to end in tomorrow's Pakistan. I want every girl in Pakistan to go to school. Education is neither Eastern nor Western. Education is education, and it's the right of every human being. So, yeah. My girl! She is amazing. I love her so much. Malala. All right. Well, do you want to tell me about what happened to your... <laughs> your cockroach. Uh, so Kaylee's weird, and I kill cockroaches when I see them. <laughs> Kaylee keeps them as pets. <laughs> um. So, well, background. Um, today is my one-year cat mom anniversary with my sweet little baby angel Shrek. Um. <laughs> I love your cat. I cannot get over it. I will never get over it. It's me. <laughs> yeah, I, um, 
adopted her very spur of the moment. Um, well, I put the hold on her. When I put the hold on her, she looked kind of ugly. She had, like, an eye infection. I was like, you ugly Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> so I adopted her, but... Yeah, so I posted pictures of her and with, like, Nigel, my cockroach, R.I.P., ribbon piece. Um, they were snuggling, and Karis was like, wait, Nigel died? <laughs> Fuck, don't remind me, I'm so sad. So I got this cockroach from a dude that, that worked at UMD who had him as, like, his office pet, because Madagascar hissing cockroaches are actually, like, a very low-maintenance pet. You don't even, you, like, they get their water out of just, like, you give them lettuce, and you can feed them, like, cat food. Like, cat food pellets, like, dry food. Oh. And um, bugs, their excretory system, they don't, like, pee. They just excrete uric acid. So, it's a very, like, low-maintenance pet. Um, they're fun. They can, like, go, like, crawl on you, and, like, I like I don't want them to crawl <laughs> on me. I love, so I just, like, one day he was like, I'm getting rid of this to my boss. And my boss was like, I know someone who would want it. <laughs> so then I took him home with me. Um, he, like, sat on my hand and, like, hugged my fingers. And I would, like, type and, like, make <laughs> stuff or I would read. And he, yeah, he was good fun. So <laughs> when Asher and I first started dating, Asher told me once, he's like, and realizing that, like, because I'm dating you, like... You're going to want to, like, put the bug on me. <laughs> He's like, it makes me kind of nervous that you're going to, like, probably want me to, like, hold this bug probably, right? And I was like, you want to see it? And I was so excited to show him. Nigel had, like, he just became, like, an official adult because he started hissing. Uh-huh. And they just sounded like little squeaks. So cute. And so Asher is, like, sitting on my bed. Like, you can tell he's, like, kind of nervous. He has, like, this nervous smile. And he, like, has his hands out. And so I, like, turn around and I go to, like, open up Nigel's thing and grab him. And I, like, pick him up. And I was just like, oh, my fucking God, he fucking does. (laughs) And I, like, turned around and I was like, Asher. He's dead. <laughs> and Asher, like, we weren't even, like, officially, like, boyfriend, girlfriend yet. Uh-huh. He was, you could see his face. Like, his thought process was, like, oh, my God, this girl that, like, I'm not really exclusive with. Like, we, she, her bug died. Is she sad about the bug? Like, <laughs> do I offer what my do condolences Do I offer my condolences about the bug? Like, but it's a bug, and she only had it for, like, a month and a half, like, what do I do? (laughs) So funny. Like, it was just a scene straight out of a sitcom, like, (laughs) and so you just see Asher, he's just, like, sitting there, like, "Uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So how did he die? It was just, like, no idea. He just died. I did everything right, I thought, like, I gave him lettuce and some strawberries sometimes, and cat food. Did you overfeed him? <laughs> Jeez. No. No. I don't think so. I don't oh. really know what I did. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just really funny that that happened because Asher was finally, like, okay with, like, touching him. Uh-huh. He did he hold the dead bug? <laughs> no. I, like, just took the whole crate and, like, put it outside and then, like, a couple hours, every, like, hour I would go outside and, like, pick him up and be like, you still dead? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised, like, I'm surprised Asher still, like, wanted to date me because I probably seemed like a crazy person <laughs> while this was happening, like, going out at 11pm to, like, see if I'm going so alive. And then I just ended up, like, leaving the tank, like, out on my deck for, like, a week. It, like, rained. Like, Nigel's, like, fucking a dead body, like, floating. Why did you bury him? I threw him in the garbage, I think. <gasps> I know that's where cockroaches usually live anyway, so. Yeah, you know. God, you're so weird. Like, my boss, or the dude that gave him to me, wasn't listening, because, like, I haven't told a lot of people that he died yet because I was embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, I can't fucking keep a bug alive. Like, <laughs> so how's Shrek doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised she's still alive after a year. 
Oh my god. She's so easy to take care of. She bugs me all the time when she's hungry. Like, she needs some. Like, when she, like, comes up to me and she's, like, meowing at me and, like, climbing up me, I'm like, what's wrong? Like, you shit on the floor again? Like, I know. One of my favorite Snapchats I've ever gotten from you, I think you, like, got home from work, and you were like, got home from work, baby on my, like, baby on my hip, like, you were like, baby on my hip, you were like, I was, like, making dinner? Yeah. Did I ever send you the snap when Shrek shit out a full sour gummy worm? No. She was just, like, meowing, and I was like, something's wrong, and she, like, went to the other, like, the front room of my house, and I... Like, she came back, and she, like, stopped meowing, and I was like, okay, and then, like, a little bit later, I was like, (laughs) what's going on? And then I, I, like, went out to the living room, and I was like, oh, there's shit right there, and then I looked, and I was like, is that a full gummy worm? Is that a full gummy worm? (laughs) A full trolley gummy worm? Because I was, did she just swallow that? I don't know. I, like, I remember I was eating gummy worms the night before, and, like, it must have just fallen, I didn't realize. Oh, my and God. And she just, like, <gasps> how is Shrek still alive? I don't know. I don't know. Oh but, yes. <laughs> so, that's about me and my pets. And I'm going home tonight, so I'm going to see my dog. Yes. Well... So, this there's is... some positivity for you. <laughs> the oh cat shit out of full gummy worm. Well, this has been Badass Women in History. I'm Karis. This is Kaylee. And we'll see you not next week, but the week after. We love you. Thank you for listening. Bye. I hope the next two weeks are a lot better for all parties involved. Bye. Bye.